Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa. The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to this week's second edition of the Powder Blue Review. I am your host, Michael Peterson. You can find me on Twitter at Zone Tracks. Go ahead and give that a follow. That is spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. Go ahead and follow the Twitter handle for the podcast itself. That's at PB Review Podcast. And if you haven't yet, head on over to BoltsFromTheBlue.com. That is Los Angeles Chargers blog over at SB Nation. And guys... This is quite the matchup on Sunday. The Chargers head to Chicago to face the Bears with Mitchell Trubisky, with Khalil Mack, and and Matt Nagy, who, if you guys haven't uh, forgotten yet, he is of the Andy Reid coaching tree. So this obviously scares me a little bit. Anything that has to do with the Chiefs and and Andy Reid, honestly, that coaching tree um, has been good. And Matt Nagy has been, uh, you know, proven to be a really good play caller. And, uh, and there was actually some news, uh, someone announced that Matt Nagy's actually going to personally take over play calling duties himself against the Chargers on Sunday. I'm not sure what that, you know, why it had to be the Chargers, I guess, you know, if he wasn't calling plays at all this entire season, what made him change it to the Chargers? I don't know if maybe Andy Reid got a hold of him or he reached out to Andy Reid and just said, hey, ma'am. Obviously, it's my first time playing the Chargers. I mean, I was the OC for you back in the day. I mean, is this something maybe I should take control of for this specific matchup? So I obviously know better than my OC um, with in terms of experience playing the Chargers. So I don't know. It is super interesting, though. Um, but it's quite the matchup again. It's a heck of a defense. And the thing is, this team, I think if I recall, the Bears are 3-3, three and three, I believe, um, they are. They're three and three. But the thing is, they started playing this year in 2019 with a hell of a defense. It shut down the Packers. It shut down the Vikings. Um, but all of a sudden, it's kind of faltered in in recent weeks, right? The the Raiders in London were able to put up over 120 something yards rushing on the ground. Uh, they most recently played. Uh, I'm totally blanking as of this moment. Oh yeah, they just played the Saints. They allowed 36 total points there. They allowed Latavius Murray to rush for 119 yards and two touchdowns on them. And, I mean, the thing was, all, all around, this was a really good defense, obviously, with Vic Fangio. He's not there anymore. He's now the head coach of the Broncos. But it's obviously fallen off, and I'm not sure if this is something the Chargers can take advantage of, but I just have a really bad feeling going up against Khalil Mack in any sort of fashion. And Russell Okung will be back I don't think he's going to be the one going up against Khalil Mack, unfortunately, in this one. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. I don't want to go straight into the, the game preview. But uh, um, obviously, that's what we're going to start out with, right? The show rundown, we are going to talk about the Chargers versus Chicago. Um, I've obviously got my three things, the weekly segment where I talk about the three things that I'll be watching the most closely against the Chicago Bears. Um, we're going to talk about the injury report, what we have so far. I am recording this on Thursday, so I will give you guys as much information as I have. And then uh, talk about just little housekeeping stuff. The team did sign uh, a new defensive tackle and officially placed someone else on IR. So without further ado, we are going to get into the show. Like I stated earlier, this game is interesting. And I'll tell you what, earlier in the season, um, even as recent as a couple weeks ago, this was a scary game, an extremely scary matchup. But obviously seeing what the Saints have done to him, what the Raiders did to him a couple weeks ago, 
I think this defense isn't as sturdy and rock solid as it has been, uh, as it was last year, as it was to start this year. Um, there's been a little bit of regression, and I'm excited to see what the Chargers could potentially do if they're finally able to bounce back after three horrid weeks on, to be honest, I think either side of the ball. Looking at the Chargers heading into this game, some of their stat leaders up to this point, obviously Phillip Rivers leading passer, 2,114 yards on the year, has 11 touchdowns to six interceptions, fortunately did not throw a pick whatsoever um, last week, but as we know, half of his interceptions, three of them came in the red zone. The Chargers actually lead the NFL uh, by two with five goal-to-go turnovers. And I think behind them is uh, people like the Chiefs and a couple other names. I'm sorry, I don't have the list off the top of my head. But um, they are leading the NFL in a category, and it's not a good category whatsoever. Austin Eckler is your leading rusher. 69 carries for 248 yards and three touchdowns. And your leading receiver is still Keenan Allen with 44 total catches for 564 yards and three touchdowns. On the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers, Thomas Davis still leads the team in total stops with 54. Bosa obviously has the lead with five sacks. And Rayshon Jenkins has the lead with two interceptions on the team. He is the only Charger with multiple interceptions on the year. For the Bears, Mitch Trubisky, this is an eye-popping stat, actually. I couldn't believe what I was reading. But Mitch Trubisky has only thrown through seven games, mind you. Trubisky has 839 passing yards. And obviously, take out, uh, he didn't play most of one game when uh, they played the Vikings earlier this season. He was knocked out earlier, uh, tweaked his elbow or something like that, and Chase Daniels finished out that game. So even without a game in there, 839 yards, that's incredible. He only has five touchdowns on the year, two interceptions. So obviously, this team isn't going to be winning games with their offense. And, and, you know, wink, wink, I think that's something the Chargers need to exploit. I think this is a situation where if they can force Trubisky to play quarterback, that they will have a much higher chance to win this game. And I think that's essentially what the Green Bay Packers did to start the season when they played the Bears in week one. Uh, They said, I'm pretty sure that was the quote, they wanted to force Mitch Trubisky to play quarterback. And I think the Chargers really need to look at how the Packers were able to do that. Their leading rusher on the season is rookie out of Iowa State, David Montgomery. He currently has 71 touches, or carries, excuse me, more specifically, 231 yards and a pair of touchdowns. And Allen Robinson, Robinson, the former Jaguar, 41 catches, 464 yards and three touchdowns. Defensively, we have Danny Trevathan leads the team with 43 total tackles. Khalil Mack, no surprise, leads the team with four and a half sacks. And Kyle Fuller and HaHa Clinton Dix, a cornerback and safety respectively, both lead the team with a pair of interceptions. As far as the injury report goes, I have Wednesday and Thursday. Obviously, you guys are going to be listening to this on Friday. I will not have Friday uh, the final injury report. But we will go over this and kind of talk about um, anything that stands out. So as of Wednesday, here was your injury report. Your did not participate are Safety Nasir Adderley, Cortez Broughton, Justin Jones, Brandon Mebane. Okay, three defensive tackles and obviously Adderley. Uh, Melvin Ingram was limited. So was Justin Jackson, Damian Square, and Derek Watt. Your fulls were Michael Badgley, Uchenna Nwosu, and Denzel Perryman. Now, on Thursday, Adderley, Broughton, Jones, and Mebane were all non-participants once again. Ingram, Jackson, Square were all limited again. 
Derek Watt went from being a limited participant to a non-participant on Thursday. I'm not sure if that was just kind of some precautionary to get some rest prior to uh, the game. Uh, I don't think he had a setback whatsoever. Um, And once again, Michael Badgley, Nuosu, and Denzel Perryman were both full participants. But Two additions to the uh, Thursday injury report were linebacker Thomas Davis. Uh, it says was it was not um, injury related, so he just got a veteran um, rest day. But Keenan Allen did not participate today on Thursday, and he was listed with a hamstring injury. So um, I don't think there's too much to look into there. Um, Keenan Allen probably just tweaked something, and they're just being overly cautious because, yes, they do need him to play. On Sunday, in case he doesn't go, expect guys like Jason Moore, Andre Patton, some of the younger guys to potentially have to step up. Uh, But the biggest thing that worries me, obviously, are the defensive tackles. Where and what happened to all of our defensive tackles? Cortez Broughton is sick with an illness. Uh, They haven't stated what illness he has. I'm not sure if that will keep him out from Sunday's matchup. But again, if Justin Jones and Brandon Meebane aren't able to go, you're going to be looking at starters of Jerry Tillery and Damian Square once again. Um, not the best. And if Broughton can't go, then that obviously depth is a little more limited. And obviously that's why, and I guess we can go into our other news is that the team signed defensive tackle Sylvester Williams, um, as they put Forrest Lamp officially on the injured reserve list. Now, uh, Sylvester Williams was a 2013 first round pick of the Denver Broncos, 28th overall. He's played with four teams up to this point. Um, so he adds a little bit of a veteran presence, some uh, definitely like a wealth of experience at the defensive tackle position. Uh, played his college ball at UNC. Um, in some other corresponding moves as well, the team did add wide receiver Jalen Guyton. is a 6'1", 202-pound wide receiver from uh, North Texas University in his senior season. He caught 54 passes for 805 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, the team also waived tackle Tyree St. Louis, uh, a former undrafted player out of the University of Miami, Florida. So uh, going back to the injury list, yeah, guys, that's obviously why they they brought in Sylvester Williams. They need the depth. Uh, if Broughton isn't able to go, then you're looking at you know potentially a three-man rotation with Square, Tillery, and Sylvester Williams, and T.Y. McGill. So excuse me, a four-man rotation. I mean, I'd be okay with that. Uh, to be honest, McGill's been with the team. Square has always been solid. Um, but mostly I'm worried about Tillery and how fast Sylvester Williams can kind of um, get into the, the classroom, get into the playbook, and understand what he has to do on Sunday. But hey, guys, I mean, it's, it's looking like Michael Badgley's finally going to take the field this Sunday. That'd be kind of fantastic to, to add a little more uh, normalcy to this team after all the injuries to to add a fan favor. I know he's a kicker and I know that um, he doesn't necessarily play the most impactful position, you know, unless it's, you know, down a score with two minutes left, that whole uh, debacle. But um, it'll be nice to see the the money badger, excuse me, on the field once again, uh, were he to suit up and be just fine on Sunday. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is also impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email box. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA to the NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. 
Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and it's free. Sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free, curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up now at sports.axios.com. Again, try it for free with promo code FREE99 at sports.axios.com. Indochina was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe because, and let's be frank, not many of us have a fortune lying around. But let's also think about this. How good do you feel when you're in a suit that fits? And I mean really fits, not just fits you, but kind of feels like it's giving you a warm hug. It's pretty amazing. So that's why Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. And the best part is that they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. And the process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, the shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. We're going to go ahead and wind this thing down with this week's three things to watch for against the Chicago Bears. And the first thing that I will be watching closely is obviously which Chicago Bears defense is going to show up. Now, the Chicago defense has been kind of all over the place through the first seven weeks of the season. They've looked uh, impossible to run on in the first couple of games, but then kind of came back down to earth ever since they crossed the pond and uh, played the Oakland Raiders in London. In that game, Josh Jacobs, uh, the rookie tailback for the Raiders out of Alabama, toed to the rock 26 times and amassed 123 yards and a pair of rushing scores. Uh, even backup running back DeAndre Washington also scored a rushing touchdown, giving the Raiders three on the day. Now, it was a far cry from the defensive effort they put up against the Minnesota Vikings just before, uh, where they shut down Dalvin Cook and, at the time, was the most prolific rushing offense in the NFL. I think um, before the Vikings played the Bears, the Vikings were averaging somewhere around like 160-plus yards on the ground. And I mean, heck, even uh, looking at last Sunday, the Bears allowed Latavius Murray, who was in playing backup duty for an injured Alvin Kamara, ran for 119 yards and another two touchdowns. And they even allowed quarterback Teddy Bridgewater to throw for another 281 and two more scores through the air. So uh, it's a small, small, teeny tiny chance, but there is a chance at all that the Chargers may be able to bounce back from their offensive woes if they're able to call the right game, and that is a big if looking at you, Ken Wisenhunt. Number two, I have, will the Chargers continue to allow sub-average quarterbacks to essentially thrive against their defense? So just look at last week. 
um, they allowed Ryan Tannehill, who remember lost his job in Miami and didn't earn the starting job to start this season with the Titans. He came out and threw uh, 29 passes, completed 23 of them for 329 yards and a pair of touchdowns. He did throw an interception, but it was a tipped pass that fell right into the hands of UDFA safety Roderick Teamer. The week before, although he didn't throw for a ton of yards, they still allowed Devlin Hodges, the Steelers' undrafted free agent rookie quarterback from an FCS school, to complete 15 of 20 passes. Again, he threw an interception. I believe that was a tipped pass as well, and he did have a touchdown on the day. Prior to that, you're looking at elite Joe Flacco, whom at the time wasn't doing too hot, but he completed 14 of 20 for 182 in a touchdown. And these numbers aren't big. It's more or less just the efficiency allowing the offense to kind of stay on track. In the Miami game, they allowed Josh Rosen to throw for his first touchdown pass of the season and just the second overall for Miami. So you kind of get my point. No matter what's happened, they've just allowed these quarterbacks to thrive in a defense that's super bend but don't break, right? Um and it's just tough to see. It's so aggravating. And uh, Mitch Trubisky's coming off uh, a game where he threw it 35 times and I think threw for under 150 yards. And he was fairly efficient as well. Let me pull this up one more time uh, just so I'm not crazy. He threw it 54 times, completed 34 of 54 passes for 251 yards and two touchdowns. Prior to that, Against the Raiders, 22 of 30. No, excuse me, that was Chase Daniels. Pardon me. I didn't realize he was out for that game as well. Um, but you guys kind of get my point. They allow too many subpar quarterbacks to thrive against this defense, and there's just no way they can stay in games and put pressure on the opposing team when the quarterback kind of has all day in the pocket and he's completing pass after pass after pass, getting this momentum. It's killing the overall morale of the defense. Uh, Anyway, it just spells like bad synergy in general. It just kind of brings the whole team down and uh, makes it tough for them to stay riled up trying to get after the quarterback when it feels like nothing the defense is doing is getting these quarterbacks kind of off their groove. Uh, Secondly, excuse me, thirdly, finally, last but not least, um, I simply ask, can the ground game get any worse? And um, the Tennessee game was a low point. Guys, it was an absolute low point in the Chargers running game. So so look at these numbers. I went back just to chart, uh, you know, average yards per carry um, each game for the Chargers. And I, I kid you not, they have gotten worse every single game since week one. Week one against the Colts was their best rushing performance. So look at this. In the first game against Indianapolis Colts, they averaged an even six yards per carry. Against Detroit the next week, 5.5. Their week three game against Houston was the last time they averaged over four yards per carry. They averaged 4.1. And then since the Miami game till now, they've averaged respectively 2.4, 2.3, 2. Excuse me, Denver was 2.2, Pitt was 2.3, Tennessee was 1.1 yards per carry. That is absolutely atrocious. And you can obviously see where Melvin Gordon came back and... Again, this isn't, I don't think, all Melvin Gordon's fault, but it obviously spells um, what the team's philosophy has been since he's returned. They've tried to get this ground game going um, and it, in spite of what's obviously worked 
for the team up to that point. They haven't needed to throw for a ton, or excuse me, for rush for a ton of yards to still put up points. Austin Eckler is one of the best pass catching running backs in uh, the NFL. And even when they were running, uh, not so much to start the season, but they were efficient, right? Justin Jackson was in there. Justin Jackson on the season, though he just has 18 carries before he's been hurt for the last four weeks, um, he's averaged 7.9 yards per carry on 18 uh, carries. And he's also had two touchdowns, including like a 64-yarder taken back that I think was against uh, the Detroit Lions. So his stats would be even more inflated if it wasn't for touchdowns being called back on those fluky you know, flags that were thrown during those early games. So that finishes this week's three things to watch for segment. And it also finishes this edition of the Powder Blue Review. Thank you guys so much for uh, stopping in, listening in. Hopefully this is on your Friday commute. Hopefully it's it's kind of your way of starting the day off right. Um, really excited for Thursday night football tonight. Obviously I am recording this on Thursday. Um, see how the Vikings and Redskins game turns out. But it's going to be an exciting matchup. This is a team that the Chargers haven't played a ton. Uh, I know it's been quite a few years since they have played the Bears. And uh, really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a unique challenge. And uh, Russell Okung. I totally forgot to mention throughout the podcast, Russell Okung will be suiting up on Sunday, and it will be exciting to see just how much better that pass protection can be with him on the left side. And uh, I did forget to mention that this week, again, with Mike Pouncey out for Slam out, uh, Ryan Groy or Scott Questenberry will start at center with Dan Feeney probably working his usual left guard spots. So um, those are all things to look forward to, guys. I'm excited about it. Hope you guys are too. This has been Michael Peterson on the Powder Blue Review. Uh, Again, subscribe, five-star review. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like, guys. Let's keep this thing going. Um, Hopefully, you know, let's build some momentum the same way we want our Chargers to build their momentum to end the rest of the season. So once again, this has been Michael Peterson on the Powder Blue Review, and I will see you guys to start next week.